Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We knew that that year Calgary was a good team and they had finished ahead of us in the standings. And so we had to open the first two games in Calgary. And we didn't play particularly well in game one. And we were losing three to one. And I think Mass got a big goal and Yuri Curry scored a couple goals. I remember reading Bob Johnson's quotes in the paper the next day that he said, I don't even know why, how we lost because we, we were definitely the better team. And I remember thinking, yeah, they probably were. And so before that game, we were all sitting there. And obviously by that point in time, we'd experienced a lot of playoff drama. And we just knew that game two, uh, if we would win game two, that we'd be in a really good position. So that's when our team really... Um, from being at Stanley Cup champions, uh, similar to what Tampa Bay did to Toronto, that game two, we just knew exactly what we had to do to overcome our <laughs> not such, such a great effort of game one. And then we won game two and kind of sailed through there. But yeah, it was probably my, one of my favorite goals I ever scored and probably the most meaningful one. Because if you come back 1-1, uh, anything can happen in a series. And come home 2 nothing up, uh, obviously was a positive. That is Wayne from the Edmonton operation. Wayne Gretzky <laughs> joining us. Bob Stoffer with you. And Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one own and operated place to buy office technology and software. The last thing that Wayne Gretzky did as a member of the Edmonton Oilers on the ice in the Saddle Dome mm-hmm. was blow one over the shoulder of Mike Vernon. In he, the Saddle That was yes. the last time he ever did anything against yep. the Flames as an Oiler in the Saddle Dome. Mark Spector, where were you? Uh, I wasn't at the game. I was watching on TV. I was two years into my tenure at the Edmonton Journal. I was covering the home games, but I didn't get to travel yet because I was just a pup. Cup reporter. Thursday night hockey, Confederation. (laughs) Okay. We're sitting in the dressing room. Mark Messier took a penalty. Uh, I used all seven of the words in that room that George Carlin said you couldn't Mm -hmm. say on TV. I'm like, Messier, come on, man. And then we had a little transistor radio. And... uh, couple of the guys that were skating with us, bad bodies, by the way. This is before I got fat. Uh, a couple of those guys later were members of the Edmonton Investors Group with Cal Nichols. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, you know, Gretzky scores the goal. 
and there's a bunch of partially nude men drinking beer in the dressing room, high-fiving one another, jumping around. Yeah. Because we Rod were, Phillips on the call. Rod Phillips. And to think that when I was in 88, to think 20 years later I'd be doing color with yeah. him all crazy. Yeah, call the game yourself. So. It, it, was, it was awesome, uh, right? Like, if you're an Edmonton kid, that is as In terms of the Battle of Alberta, I think for Oilers fans, and I'm going to throw it out there, and you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. A reminder, the River Cree Resort Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing at Century Mile Racetrack, Fridays and Saturdays. More info at thehorses.com. All right, you wrote the book. Hmm. Is that the most definitive moment for you? Listeners, you can tell us as well. Text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, if you had to just pick one goal out of all the Battle of Alberta's that's the most famous goal scored, it would be the Steve Smith goal, right? That would, it, most, would, would it be that? I think that, that people around the world of hockey would be able to spot and go, oh, yeah, that was a... But, you know what, there, there's, like, there was so much going on. I get this question all the time. What was the best moment of the Battle of Alberta? Oh, my God, you know, like you got an hour. Uh, you know, I remember Tickenden's goal, winning 91. 91. Banked it in off of, uh, it went off the hip of Frank Musil, right. Musil, and passed Vernon. Flames were up 3 nothing in that game. They were. They or there's got a late goal in the first from center ice by Tickenden. That was his hat trick. Different goal. area code, yeah. Uh, you know, you just talk about the Gretzky goal. That was a huge goal. I'm not saying it wasn't, but it was only game two, right? It was only game two. Like, the Flames could well have come back in that series. They didn't. They got swept. You know, the Smith goal, it was a big goal. It was an unfortunate goal. But that was the kind of stuff you got in that series. All right. Man. So, so 83, the Oilers crushed the Flames. In the, they won in five games. They, I think they scored nine and scored ten in two of the games in that okay. series. Like, they just lit Calgary up. Yeah. So, that, that one wasn't really close. Uh, right. In 84... Waters Rob 3-1. Flames hunt Paul Reinhardt. I talked with Paul Coffey. He was like, stop. He was incredible in that series. And there were some nervous Nellies in Edmonton after. No kidding. You're up 3-1 in the series, but Edmonton wins. 86. Were the Flames better than Edmonton in that series, Spec? Yeah, they were for sure. Think they so. were for sure. They won. They let. First of all, the last regular season game between the two teams, the Flames lit Edmonton up. Like it was like seven two. Or oh, it was more than that. It was, what it was nine two. They crushed them. And Glenn Anderson <laughs> might have been nine four. Were... Years later, you know what? We should have taken some hints from that. We should have spent a little more time focusing on how and why and what they did to beat us that badly at the end of the regular season. And in the playoffs, listen, you go tell Lionel McDonald that the Flames won that series on a C. Smith goal. You better have some time because he's going to tell you that they were up one nothing in that series. They were up 2-1 in that series. They were up 3-2 in that series, and they won it 4-3. Uh, it wasn't all the Steve Smith goal. Calgary controlled that series from the outset. Edmonton chased it the whole way. Calgary was the better team. And in the end, Steve, what was the time on that goal? There was, lot, there was like 13 minutes left, or 12 there minutes was, left. There was 11 or 12 minutes Edmonton left. Edmonton had all kinds of time to go out and do get it. the tying goal, and Calgary didn't let them. So don't, you know, you got to give them their due. They played five series. They had, Calgary only won one of them. 9-3. Right. Calgary Nine, only won one April of them. April 4th, they beat the Oilers 9-3. That was, the Oilers had, um, I'm just trying to recall, uh, because that game got out of hand as well. There was lots of... <laughs> I'd say to you... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, a million penalties. All right, yeah. so Samaka was still with them in 85, 86. Uh, yeah, because Sammy tuned Tim Hunter up in game four in Calgary in the playoffs as well. Yeah, the Oilers had a line of uh, McClellan, Samaka, and McSorley. Oh, that, that was their line. That line. Uh, yeah. So so they just brawled them all game in the third period of that 9-3 game. The Flames scored. Flames had a real good power play, too. People forget oh, they that. Because they, they had Suter and McInnes ripping them from the point. The, the cool thing about the whole deal was, like, and I'll make it short, Edmonton gets in the NHL at 79. Calgary comes from line in 80. Calgary looks at Edmonton. Edmonton's got all these young studs, Gretzky, Curry, Messier, Coffee, Fear. Calgary goes, oh, my God, we're never catching these guys in the draft. We can't do it. So they got Al Coates. They got Bob Johnson, right? They got Bob Murray. They go the NCAA route, and they bring in McCowan, and they bring in Neuendijk, and they bring in Joel Otto, and they bring in Neil Sheehy, and they bring in a whole bunch of guys who are already older. Not the draft, not 18-year-olds, right? These are older, wiser, smarter players. And that's how they tried to catch up and indefinitely, you know, finally did in 86. They caught the orders through smart strategy. They knew that if we pick 18-year-olds, we're never catching these guys. And they were the first team with a bunch of college guys. I think Kerry Wilson was a college guy. And uh, you know what? I remember Messier telling me one time, he says, Ali needed Fraser, and we needed the Flames. Yeah, 240 penalty minutes that game at the end of the year. Uh, and eight power play goals. Flames had five in the 9-3 game. So there you go. That was it. All right. So so we can see the Oilers were better in 83. 84, they went in seven. 86, the Flames went in uh, seven. seven. The uh, the Flames were favored in the 87-88 series. The Oilers swept them. Remember Marty Spearin, uh, Paul ba- or uh, what's his face? Mike Bullard. Mike Bullard got him right. Well, you know where he got him. Yep. And, and he got and claimed amnesia afterwards. Yeah, he got hit from Marty behind on the board. remember that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Marty. You know what happened was uh, McSorley got absolutely railed by Rail, somebody. Railroaded from behind. Just got crushed. Which and was a fine hit in 1988. Whatever. He gets crushed. He's skating back to his bench like he's he's half concussed. He's not sure what's going on. And Mike Bullard hops over for a change, minding his own business. And he happened to be in the railroad tracks and McSorley just speared him right in the groin for pretty much no reason at all. <laughs> Took him off on a stretcher. That's what they did back then. <laughs> <laughs> what a hoot. All that said, the <laughs> 1991 series, the Flames won the Cup in 89. Yep. The Oilers won the Cup in 90. Yeah. I maintain to this day that was actually the toughest, nastiest series of the five battles of Alberta. Could be. You know, it was spec. Be. It was Eminem roll- didn't have the trump card either. Gretzky was gone. Right. It right. was, and Messier was hurt. People forget yeah, that. Messier he was, was hurt. really injured in that series. It was rollerball on ice. Yeah, it was good. There was stuff that, you know, CC was calling the games, and you had Dave Brown. I I was working with Darren Detition back at that time and, you know, starting a lawnmower. That was his line, Dave Brown on Jim Kite. Yep. That was Flurry flurry going up against the Twin Towers of Smith and Bookaboo. Yeah. And, you know, poor Flurry. I mean, no one ever says those words together. Poor Flurry. I get it. But he took a lick at oh, those two I, there's, big guys. There's a lot of people that are socially left that are big fans of Flurry. We didn't have the internet back then, Bob. Uh, we just Oilers fans hated Flurry for, for organic reasons back then because he wore the Red Sea and he was a little you-know-what to play against and a good player. Who you thoroughly admired like he was oh, a hard-nosed a good little. player. How many guys got drafted in the years after, Bob? Short, little, tiny guys. And 
people said, well, why would you draft a little guy? And they would say, I plays kind of like Flurry, right? Yeah. And how many of those guys actually played like Flurry? Yeah, he Maybe was, none. He was a ballsy little. Maybe none. You know, you hated him <laughs> if you were you're against him and loved him on your team. Oh, yeah. That series, though, Mark, like the Oilers were up 3-1, and the Flames won yeah. game five, and then they won game six in overtime on the Messier turnover, yep. and Flurry did the mad dash. and All over the That's end. the goal they show in Calgary the most. They don't show, like, I yeah. mean, I've been in that building, you know, <laughs> literally. Show that that's goal. the goal they show. Sure. They didn't even win a series. Well, the Oilers came back and... Eric Francis was writing that today that, you know, it's funny. For all the kids who don't really know the Battle of Alberta, they're too, old, you know, too young for it, a lot of those kids probably think that Calgary did win that series down in Calgary because all you ever see is Flurry celebrating. Well, yeah. it was game six he was celebrating, not game seven. What I remember is Essa taking in the orders down 3 nothing. He scores from a different area code to make it 3-1. Yeah. They end up winning the game in over. The orders were up 4-3. Flames got a late game tire, 4-4, mm-hmm. and then Tickenen scores in overtime. On a but, goofy goal. But what I remember is Mark Messier couldn't even walk off the bench. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's no way they're moving on after this. Like, he's... It wasn't, wasn't Glenn Sather, didn't he? He cheered for his team and then immediately gave a hand gesture to the fans. No, that was an 88. Oh, that was an 88. That no, was okay. after the Gretzky goal. <laughs> you, find, you get fined for that stuff today. Back then, it was like... <laughs> that, was the, that was the Trudeau salute. <laughs> the Trudeau salute to those Calgary fans. Remember, you had a thing going with... The, there were some guys right behind the bench that were always on slots back then. And he was giving it as good as he got. It was those were the well, good old days, baby. It's not like he ripped the tongue out of the mascot. Harvey the Hound, yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, Oiler coaches, and Harvey for, former Oilers uh, coaches have had. I mean, Donnie Jackson beat up Sir Slapshot once, did he not? <laughs> yeah, he did. You know what? I have always said Sir Slapshot. He deserved he, it. He had it coming. He had to it him. coming. You know, Mark. Uh, <laughs> we have gone forty-seven minutes here. Yeah, so far. We haven't talked about the fact that, uh, you know, part of the reason that Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson are coming out west to do this series is because for the sixth consecutive year, the Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. have not uh, advanced out of the first round of the playoffs. Mark, they haven't won a playoff series since Austin Matthews was six. Yep, since 14. Is it possible? Is it possible? to have some empathy for Maple Leafs Nation right now. We'll discuss that when we come back in Winners Now. It is the Battle of Alberta coming up. Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector, wrote the definitive book called The Battle of Alberta. He now gets to write another chapter or two on the series. It is currently 121 in Edmonton. Spec is here for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing Century Mile. Fridays and Saturdays. For more information, visit thehorses.com. We'll tell you Japanese Village, hoping to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. The uh, most of the experts have picked Calgary, finished ahead of Edmonton in the regular season as the favorites in this series. I think that's fair. Uh, we're going to hear from Brad Trelawney, GM of the Flames, coming up. Edmonton wins the series if they do what, Mark? Edmonton wins a series if they can. Um, they're going to need some. They're going to need some depth scoring. Like I really like them, and I don't know what they're doing these days with it. Is it? Is it going to be Fogel, McLeod, and Cassian? 
I like that line when they ran it. Put it that way. Yeah, right now, right there's now, only kind of two of those. If guys they go eleven right and seven, <laughs> Fogel's not playing. So you kind of when you go eleven and seven, I want to say, Bob, I want my answer to be they need some depth scoring. They need those bottom six lines to kick one in every couple games. But when you go eleven and seven, stuff's so mixed up and the lines are so crazy. I'm not sure that that works that way. You know, so if you go eleven and seven, do you become dependent on your top six just piling goals in all the time? Well, if there's ever ever been a team that can look at their top six and say, I think we can score enough with these guys, and maybe we don't need help, might be the orders. Yeah. Well, uh, and again, McDavid is going to play a significant factor in that. I mean, it was one of the greatest first rounds that we've seen in a long time yeah. in the National Hockey. How about League. this? Let me add this. Sorry to interrupt you. The one depth guy that can score that hasn't is Jesse Pugliarvi. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a guy. I want to, what I want, I'm trying to get to, Bob, I'm trying to get to a guy that no one's looking at before this series to score and have a bunch of offense. I want a guy like Yessi that be, at the end of the series got three goals or two goals even, right? Well, he has that historically played well against Calgary. Yes, he scored he some goals against the Flames. It's been a little bit cold. I didn't right. mind. I didn't mind game six and game seven for nope. him in limited minutes. And he was playing left wing. He wasn't playing yeah. the right wing. Uh, you know, for me, Nugent, because of the injury to Settle, we know Leon's going to play through it. But Nugent Hopkins becomes more important as a result. He needs to have a good series here for the Oilers. Well, he was great in six and seven. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? Nugent's been around here a long time. He's a veteran. If you're telling me we're going to look at 93 and lean on him and say we need a we need a ton out of you this series, I think he should be very well equipped, Bob, to deliver. All right. Which series besides the Oilers and the Flames uh, playoff I series? I thought we were talking about the Leafs. We are. Okay. Which series did you watch the most <laughs> other than Edmonton and Calgary? Because you said you watched every yeah. game at Calgary-Dallas, as did I. Yeah. Uh, well, they were on the off night. So I watched that one a lot, and then I watched always a lot of Toronto-Tampa because yeah. they were on the same night as Edmonton. Do you have some – so the Maple Leafs, I believe now, have dropped to 0-10 in closeout situations over the last six years. Uh, there's Maybe it's 0-9. I thought somewhere – Six years. Yeah, they've had – because they've okay. been up 3-1 in series. Oh, so they I dropped, see. Okay. Like I'm included – they had a chance to close out Columbus. They had yeah. two uh, – They're up 3-1 on Montreal. 3-1 on Montreal. They're up 3-2 on Tampa. Yeah. They – Okay, so call it 0-10. Sure. Whatever it is, right? Six years, they've not advanced that old first round old playoffs. To me, this year's loss against Tampa was different. They played – first of all, they played a higher caliber team with a championship chin. Um, I have some empathy for the fans in Leafs Nation. What about you? Well, you're asking me two questions. Do I empathize for the fans? Absolutely. I mean, those people bleed the colors, just like every one of our listeners bleeds the blue and orange, man. Like, don't ever tell me. You can not like the Leafs, and you can say what you want about Toronto. I have my own laughs at them, too, the organization that analytics, you know, invented. Uh but don't ever tell me that Leafs Nation aren't great fans. They're I mean, great oh fans. Oh, my God, they live and breathe and bleed the game. So, yeah, I feel awful for those people. They deserve better. I mean, come on. Doesn't the coin ever land on the other side for these people? <laughs> like, they lose every year, Bob. You know, so, yeah. The team, I mean, you know, you're telling me this year's different because they played a team with a chin. When do you grow up yourself and get a chin? How many times you got to lose before you figure out how to win? I mean, the Maple Leafs have had every... You're telling me, oh, the, I don't like the draw because we got Tampa. Well, how about when you got fourth place Montreal or when you got Columbus, who has never beaten anybody except for you, right? How about when you got up way up on the Boston Bruins that couldn't handle that lead? Like, 
you know, don't ask me what the solution is. I don't know who you change or what you change, but don't keep looking at this thing and going, oh, just one more year. We're getting better. They're not getting better. They're getting maybe they're getting worse because Marner's a year older, Matthews is a year older, Riley's a year older. They're supposed to be better what, than this, and I they're not. Th- I think what rankles a lot of fans here in oil country is the pontification of some, not all. It's actually a very small percentage yeah. of the Toronto-based media. Oh, you guys out in Edmonton, you better watch it with McDavid as he signs an eight-year deal. Uh, and Or Zach Hyman, oh, well, he just went from an organization that can't get out of the first round and signed with an organization. You know, Sid, Sid Sexero, there, there, there was a guy that took a lot of wax at Edmonton. And, and hey, we all know the Oilers have had their trials and tribulations around, but... You know, when your own house isn't necessarily a hundred, when you're worshiping at the <laughs> it's feet, a pretty glass house out there, <laughs> right? Like I, it's a glass house. Like I, I have, you know, there's a guy I know. Josh, his name's Josh Marshall. Okay, he's got this thing, the Two Muts podcast. Okay, right. he he he's got a, he's got a clue as to what he's talking about, and he's totally unabashedly a Maple Leafs fan. And uh, it sucks for guys like that. They they but. You know, he's also not a guy that's sitting there saying, oh, you guys better watch it or McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be gone and screw Edmonton and you didn't deserve him in the first place. There is a degree. There's even been guys at Sportsnet that have made some comments. Sure. Fairly relatively low ranking on-air personalities. I'm like, how, <laughs> how about you shut up and maybe spend more than a year, you know, a year in the business before you're shooting your mouth off. Um uh, but I. So what are you getting at here? What Mark? I'm getting. What, are you trying to get what to? I'm getting at is I have empathy for the fans. I think Toronto played pretty well, but for some of those guys that like to cast stones at other cities and look at places like Edmonton like an outpost, mm. there might have been a part of me deep in the recesses yeah, of my head sure. that said, "Oh really? Yeah. Oh really?" And for the record, I think Austin Matthews will sign another deal in Toronto all days back. Well, maybe. You know what? That's they're a, not changing the the GM or the head coach. That's what they said today. They're not changing the GM or the head coach. I just, you know, I guess I just question like the the, the faith that they have in in a in a, a machine that produces a great regular season team that can't get over the top. And it's a complex question. You know, it's it's and let's face it, the Edmonton Oilers are a couple of bad periods away from us having the same conversation about them mm-hmm. right now. You know, the, the the Calgary Flames. I mean, how many chances did Dallas have to win that series in that overtime? Oh, my goodness, at least four that didn't go in. We could be having that conversation about Calgary. But, you know, we're having it about the Leafs. They lost by one, and they found a new way to lose again, Bob. Mark, final word to you in two final two words. Mm-hmm. You're taking Calgary. How many games does it go? Oh, I would say that it's going to go... I don't know. Let's say seven. Okay. Game seven in the saddle home. Okay. There you go. What about you? Two words would have been seven games. <laughs> uh, you know you can't keep this is, this words, is th- This show is called Orders Now. <laughs> Who are you picking? How many games? I said the Edmonton Orders in six. Okay. Orders in six. Upset special. There you have it. All right. Let's do it. Mark, join us Friday. I'll be there. That is Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Brad Trey Living, general manager of the Calgary Flames. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.